0: Welcome to another episode of Outer Heaven, the Knives Monroe podcast. I'm your host, Knives Monroe, and this episode is brought to you in part by Flashback by Outer Heaven. Record, relive, remember. Did you know people forget 40% of what they learned in 20 minutes and 77% of what they learned in 6 days? They forget 90% in 1 month. And actually, surprisingly, millennials are more forgetful than baby boomers. Our experience of the world is perceived 83% with our sense of sight Video is processed by the brain 60,000 times faster than text. One minute of video, in fact, is equal to 1.8 million words. That's pretty quick. 90% of information transmitted to the brain is visual. Video triggers emotions like no other medium. Video is forever. That's the power of video, okay? Outer Heavens Flashback Services commit to preserving your moment with photo and video. Let us protect your memories and share them with your loved one. Relive the experience with those who couldn't be there. Flashback. Record. Relive. Remember. Ooh, hey guys, this episode, uh, man, I, I want them all to be this good. I'm not gonna. I'm not just saying that. You know, thank you very much for listening. This epic. This episode is actually going to be uh, uh, a doozy. You know, we went out there. We it got pretty deep, uh, real quick as well. I kind of feel bad because uh, with our guest, I didn't really get to get into his work. Uh, this guy is prolific, and uh, you know, I. I I, I want to speak to as many musicians as possible because, truth be told, somewhere deep down inside, I mean, I wish I could have been a musician. You know, this guy, Luis Cantu, our guest today, uh, is incredible. Um, now, I'm going to have a, his soul show in the show notes. Check him out. Follow him on social. Um, check his stuff out on YouTube. He's really going to blow your mind, and I, I really see a big future for this guy Hopefully, um, as soon as he gets out of the valley, I think that's when his wings are going to be able to spread and he's going to be able to spread love-like violence. Um, Now, but before we get into the guest, uh, I did want to dedicate uh, this particular episode to Yvette Franco, who was a Valley native. She um, was from Donna and, um, you know, she went missing About a week ago as of this recording and was found uh, just a few days ago, her body. And uh, I want to dedicate this episode to her memory. I want to dedicate this episode to her friends, especially her family and everybody that, you know, she ever got into contact with. Um, You know, life is precious and tomorrow's not guaranteed. All we really have is the moment. And, um, you know, I think Yvette knew that. I was fortunate enough to call her an acquaintance. You know, she came over to my mom's house a few years ago. She used to work with my brother at the movie theater in Weslico And, uh, you know, we would party. She was cool. She was funny. You know, she got into working out real hard, and she became a very disciplined, independent woman. And, uh, you know, she passed away way too young. And, um, you know, this kind of stuff happens um, in, in my hometown, you know, anywhere in, in probably your hometown. And it's just a reminder that, you know, you have to, um, you know, love your friends, your family, your, your, your mother, your daughter, your sister. Um, you got to love these women and cherish them while they're here because, um, for one second to the next, um, they might not be here tomorrow. Th- that's a fact, you know, and, um, my heart really does go out to, to her parents. Um, I have a little girl and if something tragic were to happen to her, um, you know, that would be it for me. And, uh, these parents have a lot of strength and, uh, they're showing this entire town, um, just how strong they are and how much they love their daughter. So as of right now, I don't believe funeral services, um, are out there in the public. So if you're listening to this and and you knew Yvette Franco, you know, um, just know that this episode is dedicated to her. It's the least I can really do. Uh, We we get into all kinds of topics and it gets very strange. And um, I think there's something very sweet there and very, um, you know, special in the episode um, that I think is worth sharing and and is worth uh, preserving and was definitely worth recording. So Yvette, um, you know, I'm not a spiritual person. I don't know if I would ever say that I have a soul um, or that souls exist. But, you know, if you're out there, um, you know, I, I was very grateful to, to have met you. And, uh, you know, I hope this this episode makes you proud in some way, shape, or form. Uh, it'll always be there in your memory. Now, uh, guys, I just want to say thank you very much for listening to the Outer Heaven podcast. And if you've made it this far, um, you know I really appreciate that. Um, sorry, you know, if I don't get into a, you know a discussion like I want to in this particular episode in this intro, um, I really didn't want to make it about anything else um other than Yvette, Um but I just wanna end it saying, you know, uh I still haven't received any any emails from anybody. So if you're if you're listening to this right now, why haven't you emailed and asked me anything at the Outer H A E V E N at Gmail dot com. I mean that kinda hurts. You know what I mean? Um we're on SoundCloud, maybe you're listening to this on iTunes, rate us on iTunes that would make me feel warm and fuzzy. That would make me feel like I'm not a fuck-up. <laughs> no, I don't need you guys to make me feel that way. I'm doing pretty good for myself. Um, you guys are hearing this, you're hearing this on Monday, Thursday's podcast. Um, I definitely have a lot of stuff that I want get, to get off my chest, so please check that out. Subscribe, share this, um, especially down here in the Rio Grande Valley. A lot of people haven't really heard of podcasts, I don't think. Anytime I, I talk about them, people kind of just give me strange looks like, what is that, like a radio show of some sort? And uh they don't even, there's no rednecks in the valley. I don't even know why they did that. But um they're more like, como que pinche podcast de la More like that. Um And uh, so share this and get the word out there. You know what I mean? Podcasts have been around for like 10 years. Get in that. Get all up in that. Share... Subscribe. You can find me on Instagram at the Outer Heaven H A E V E N or Knives Monroe. You can find me on follow me on Twitter at Knives Monroe, or of course, uh, Facebook. But if you're a stranger, I'm not really gonna talk to you. You know, I gotta stop adding random people um, on Facebook. It's 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 weird. You know, uh, you guys look at my pictures and stuff and see my intimate stuff. You know, it's weird. Makes me feel weird. But it's great business. Without further ado, guys, this is officially episode two with my guest, Looper, and musician extraordinaire. You can see him live on Mondays at Mac Nights at Yerberia Cultura. Ladies and gentlemen, the future, Luis Cantu. like uh, that hipster that I don't eat meat anymore but I don't need meat like I don't crave meat like I have a, a friend who craves like steak yeah. I don't eat steak when I go to an Outback Steakhouse or something I get chicken or fish which is like um, something you're not supposed to do but
1: yeah uh, what do you have an, uh, another way of intaking iron and beans yeah lentils soy beans
0: um, yeah
1: yeah, well, that, I have
0: never been to the doctor, actually, so I don't, for all I know, I have no iron. You neither? No. Um, we just I fist bumped. Just,
1: yeah. I just, uh, I don't It's a terrible
0: me. thing to be proud of. I
1: don't trust the pharmaceutical companies. I but that's like not
0: all they do. There's uh, uh, dietitians. That's true. That's true. Um, Local dietitians I trust. Sure, sure, yeah, but sure. But it
1: seems that stitch, when, when, when they work You in don't go to a
0: butcher and then you ask for a diet plan. <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it seems like institutions are more worried about uh, profiteering off of us. Like, how can we make this a long-term customer of instead course. of how can, how can we cure them? Yeah. Last
0: time I came here, to, um, I call this the Outer Heaven Studios. Um, there was a doctor that was here, and he told he was showing me all his credentials and everything. He's like, I moved to the Valley because obesity, diabetes is crazy here. And, like, the doctors, they don't even treat diabetes. They don't try to prevent it. They're just like, let's put you on dialysis yeah like and i'm just like damn straight he, to it and he says like on his way to church every sunday he sees like the dialysis clinic and is just packed like a walmart and i was like oh, oh that hurt to hear mm-hmm. and i feel responsible for that because you know um not responsible but i feel i have to like i have to confront my hispanic genes and the sorry, the culture yeah. it's like we all enable that so i'm responsible for that
1: yeah, and our, our culture, you're right. Like, we have a lot of greasy foods.
0: It's very bad. I, yeah. It's good, but it's bad. It's you know? good for
1: the tongue, bad for the body.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's finally taken its toll on me. I remember uh, in 2005, I dropped 70 pounds. I went from 240 to 170 in the mm-hmm. summer, accidentally. Like, I I stopped eating, because I was dating a bulimic at the time, and I just couldn't eat with her, right, especially. And I couldn't eat at all. So I basically didn't eat for a summer. But, um... I can't do that today I can't do that ten years later like yeah. try to lose weight like especially rapidly I can not so it has to be gradual it has gradual. to be like I stopped the sugar water I stopped this I stopped that and I don't have to worry about that anymore
1: and you when know? you do it like uh, gradually it's more permanent it's supposed to be a lifestyle yeah it is a lifestyle change yeah. I have some friends that I work out and they're like oh I can't wait till I don't have to work out anymore and I look at them like yeah, yeah. It's a lifestyle change. Like, if you want right. to look like that, you have to do everything you're doing right now for yeah. as long as you can. And you yeah. kind of got sad. But, I mean, someone has to tell these people, like, it's not for aesthetics. Yeah. It's for your health.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm torn. Like, I do care about my health. Like I said, I haven't been to the doctor, and I want to get blood done. And I want them to tell me, dude, you're – no, it's bad. You need to do this. I'll be like, oh, give me leverage to care. But it's it's kind of superficial. Like, I just want to look good naked. Yeah. You know? I don't like I mean, being, that's
1: just the, hon- the honest truth. Yeah, yeah. I
0: don't like being fat – and, like, uh, making love, like, being fat. Because then I feel like it's not as good as it can. As it's supposed to be.
1: You want to go the best for your woman. Yeah.
0: yeah. And also, I want to accept her love. I can't accept that she's making love to, like, Humpty Dumpty. I can't accept that. It's not as fulfilling. It's not as fulfilling as it can be. Yeah. Um, so, I'm working on that. It's superficial. I do want uh, to go to a doctor. That's my goal <laughs> this year. To get blood work done, to get the whole—I've never had a, a physical, even in high school or middle school. Nobody ever touched my balls and was like, "Cough!" i, I, I don't even think people do that. They do, right? Like yeah. That's a thing. It's never happened to me, so I don't know. I'm missing out.
1: Yeah. They—they they can catch early stuff like, you know, cancers, signs, symptoms, yeah. things like that, I know. that nature. Yeah. But I feel you on the whole. Uh, yeah, there is some aesthetics to it, and we can't—we can't shun away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the reason that it, that the, those body types look attractive to us is because we know that behind that is good decisions. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's like, oh, this guy knows how to make right choices, and women are attracted to that. He has discipline or whatever. He has discipline, yeah. yeah I, know. I, 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 I I hate that when people look at me, uh, they see my, my past five years' decisions, and, yeah. and I feel like I'm, that's obsolete. I'm trying to change that. Yeah. I've lost, like, 45 pounds, something like that. Oh, congrats. Just by doing similar things, like leaving sugar out of the diet, yeah. a little bit less harina.
0: A little bit. <laughs> a little,
1: I want to cut it off, it's so good. It reminds me of my grandmother, you know?
0: Yeah, and that's what it is. It's <clears throat> an emotional attachment. Yeah. Because when you eat a, uh, let's say, like a barbacoa taco, right, you're feeling... Fancy. Fancy and You're feeling rich, and... right? <laughs> um, and you're eating uh, just anything with, like, tortillas. You're not... You're, like, the endorphins and the dopamine and everything that you're getting. It's rewarding, like, the memory of the first time you had that. Yeah, just yeah. as much as, like, the sensation as it yeah. is right now, you know. It's bad. And, uh, man, the valley is... is supposed to be, like, a pro-artist valley podcast and here we are kind of just being like god damn it <laughs> but that's keeping it real you know because yeah. it's not perfect and it has a lot of um, areas of opportunity mm-hmm. um diet is you know we're not Portland we'll probably never be that uh there's like a whole foods no not a whole foods um a farmer's market but in McAllen so mm-hmm. like Donna and like far fucked
1: yeah we have to drive
0: yeah we have to drive um it's hard you know but I'm reasons come first answers come second i've always believed that and uh whether if it's i want to look better i want to fuck better i want to i don't want to like ejaculate cottage cheese if it's that if that's the leverage you need use it run with it go all the way you know um but i'm working on it i'm a work in progress i've lost i was gonna say i lost like 30 pounds but I, i gained like 15 of them back. But I think it's a muscle because I started working out. That's I think good. it's a muscle. Yeah. I can't prove that. Yeah, don't go by
1: weight. I go by... <laughs> no, go,
0: Yeah, yeah. But I but I know, like, uh, if I dropped 40 pounds of fat, I feel like I'd get more opportunity. I'd be able to get more work. I'd be able to have more energy to, to go longer uh, when, it came to, when it comes to anything. Like, half the reason... This is... Okay, let's just get into the show at this point. <laughs> People are like, why are we listening to this? Um, I'm sitting here with uh, Luis Cantu and... Uh, you know, all his his work will be in the in the show notes. Check him out. Uh, shorthand. I'll say that he's a looper. Um, I I like the way that sounds, anyways, because there's maybe one in the valley, and it's him. And you have to check him out. Um, I met him at Yerberia Cultura. He was doing an open mic, and uh, real quick, I'll, I'll get into that. But I it's it I get an almost an anxiety attack every time I go downtown. I don't know if this is normal or if most people feel this way. But it's it's because there's such a judgy atmosphere. There's such a superficial, like, everybody look at me like I'm representing this kind of thing, and I don't like that. Uh, but I invested, for the first time, I'm 28 years old, and I invested in um, new underwear. Like, let me show you really quick. <laughs> like, really quick. You're going to be like, that's underwear, bro? Like, check this out. Right? Look at that. All right, yeah. That that's looks, nice. That looks comfortable. And it is. And it's it's been like 40%...
1: Does that change the way that Everything. you feel when you're sitting down? Like, is that what you're gonna say? Like,
0: it like... changes the way uh, I feel sitting down. It changes the way I don't get like swamp ass. I don't have to worry about like, does she smell me? Like, I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> and it helps me like go out and be social. Just the underwear, yes. just that, inv- and I got new socks. You know, I'm working on new shoes. Yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> um, I want to get Nikes because like the other day my sister uh, in law, um, was like, you should go to college. And I was like, I, I tried it. It didn't really work out for me. And she was like, people will take you more seriously. And I was like, nah, I don't really think so. She's like, you know, um, and I told her if I had bomb ass Nikes, if I dropped 40 pounds of fat and I had a nice haircut, people would take me more seriously. More than a degree ever more than could. A degree, yeah. Ever could.
1: But, you know, we can't deny that. Like, P- beautiful people get more opportunities. That's just the reality of it. Because it goes back to what we were talking earlier. It, it, behind that, uh, people subconsciously see this guy's discipline. This, if I if I ask him to come to my event, he's gonna be there because he can take care of his body. Right. So it's like yeah, it's it, it's it's blended into our culture. We can't deny that. And it's okay. It's, it's okay. It, it it forces us to be more responsible and to be to be vigilant v- vigilant about our, ourselves. And it's kind it's healthy. If we were like, oh yeah, yeah, like if if we uh, idolized fat and right. and and obesity and all that, like I feel like we would, <laughs> we would end up like, uh, have you seen the movie uh, Wally? Yeah. Would end up like those people. Right? We're on our or, way. Or, yeah, <laughs> I mean, do you see the str- the the strollers? The other day, I was walking. I was walking at the park. You know, my friends play Pokemon Go. I don't. I don't. I don't have the the phone to run it. But I, I saw people on strollers just standing and moving around and i just i can't connect to that maybe it's just me hey at least they were healthy mm-hmm. but i can't i'm just scared of that technology because it just makes us lazier like like it, it, it threw a flashback to that wally scene where everyone's on a chair and floating around slurpees yeah 64 rounds so slurpees. in order to combat that that reality that dystopian reality um it's good to have these these uh, values that we hold up so dear, the beautifulness and being fit, and, and fit, and yeah. I say go for it. And I was yeah. like, I, I've I've seen you, you know, I've seen some of your videos where you, you constantly keep yourself on track. Like oh, I'm yeah. gonna run today, I'm gonna run. Oh yeah. and um, that's the way to do it. I'm like, proud
0: to say, um, since September of last year, so almost a year, I've worked out at least six days a week. Another fist bump. That's a good fist bump. Another fist bump. (laughs) Um, And I'm proud of that because I've never done anything habitually and consistently like that before. And, um, you know, like Louis C.K. has a joke, you know, like he runs like five, he's the best. He runs like five miles a day to keep up his piece of shit body. (laughs) And like, I know how that feels a little bit, but I also know, like I said, like I lost like 30 pounds and I gained like 15 of it back. It's because... Um, even though my physiology working out is there, I I like I'll be like I need a twenty piece, like, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I kill it with my diet, yeah. and it's psychological. Like you were saying, um, how we should reward like obese behavior. We do in Mexican culture. Yeah, we're like ay, hype. You know what, we're we're like, hey, go, you know what we'll I mean? Like you. finish that plate. Yeah. Do you want more? We have more. Take some to go. Like all that stuff. We reward it because it's affection, and that's the thing that makes. And I'm sure like you know, a lot of other cultures have this, but that's the thing that makes it so. D- potentially dangerous is we're attaching affection love, camaraderie, family with greasy food yeah I and mean, so it's kind of when we think we have to detach from that we're like but we're, I'm losing my grandma is what people yeah, associate
1: you feel the emotional detachment all of a sudden yeah man so I, I, I guess maybe the secret would be to find people that you can get emotionally attached to with healthy food Yes, I, I mean, my girlfriend, Genesis, she's been helping me a lot with that. Oh yeah? Like, she goes and takes me out and buys me a salad and gives me a good time, and all yeah. of a sudden, next time that I'm having a salad, I right. feel her, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, let me eat more salad.
0: That's exactly what it is. So, um, with all the help, self-help stuff that I read, um, I think they would intellectualize that as like, raising your standards, and uh, I'm sure there's like some sort of Mexican way of saying this, but like, if you lie with dogs, you get fleas. You are like who you surround yourself with. like you are the, the amalgamation of like the five people in your life like yeah. that you hang out with the most. And so if those if you raise your standards and you decide, hey, I can't hang out with this person. All they want to do is smoke weed. all they want to do is like kill eat, their ambition, or, eat yeah. and, and that's rewarded and you've linked camaraderie to that, it's gonna be hard to divorce that. If you divorce that, you raise your standard you hang out with kind of a little bit more. You know, I'm not gonna say better people, but people with uh, a higher standard. Yeah. You know what I mean. That are in it for the long game. Yeah, you can condition that behavior. I've been
1: blessed with like four or five cousins that work out like daily, and I I get inspired by them every day because I've seen the results. I know that it works. Like I can't deny. Like of course. course. And they're fit and um, I've been hanging out with them and you know you're right like when you get emotionally attached to people that have those standards you just feel like hey like I relate to this person mm-hmm. she did it he did it mm-hmm. maybe I can do it too and then that all of a sudden that maybe becomes I can do it and no mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to oh I already have it like, slowly but it is gradual even when we are young yeah yeah like I can Probably lose weight faster than a twenty-eight-year-old, but oh, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I'm still I can, young. I can just as easily like gain it back because yeah. my discipline's not there mm-hmm. as much as someone who's older and wiser mm-hmm. in, in age.
0: For sure. So I, I feel like I'm twenty-eight. Like I, I should be in some sort of prime of my life, but I also know I don't have the eighteen like elasticity anymore. I don't. I don't have that eighteen-year-old like I can chug a two-liter of RC and I can I'll be fine. <laughs> no, because if I do that, my day's fucked. <laughs> Three days are fucked after that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, am I going to be able to go out and go to 17th Street, you know, in that state? No, I'm not. Uh, but the underwear has changed a lot of that, honestly. Yeah, I, mean, I was uh, going to
1: ask, what brand is that, if you don't mind me asking, so that the crowd, the audience knows, and uh, myself. I
0: think it's And One. And One. It might be Hanes or something, too. Yeah. Um, it it
1: kind of, I don't know if you saw, if you caught that, but it, it looks like, uh, like almost like workout shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look comfortable uh, they're so comfortable, yeah, they look like you won't sweat in those yeah, and I, 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 I've had experiences where' I'm, I'm, I'm in a social environment and the sweat changes the way you think, like mm-hmm. all of a sudden you feel uncomfortable and you start to feel right. anxious, yeah. so I can see how little things like that can affect the way people it changes everything yeah,
0: yeah. like uh, I was still anxious going to Yetbody on Monday, which your name was called out by the way, and uh, and right then uh, Bataba was like he, he couldn't make it something came up, and I was like, damn it, because I was uh, I had a friend there who had never seen you and I was like he's gonna fuck your world up and you weren't there and I was like cock tease cock tease you something know, came up a friend, a
1: friend of mine really needed me so of course but
0: uh, and also the night was there was like this one act that really that stunned signed out for me well, first of all there was this dude named um I saw the
1: metal dude that metal dude was that's insane I've seen him before what was his name his name
0: is Black Moon Black
1: Moon and check him
0: out guys he's 25 years old that's what he says and he was so talented um and I'd seen him before, but he does a set, he gets his stuff, and he leaves. Like, he jets. And so that's, like, the third time I'd seen him. And instantly, like, I got my stuff, and I, I followed him before he could leave. And I was like, wait, before you leave, I need to get your name. I need to, like, I'd love to have you on the podcast, whatever. He blew my mind. Um, and, of course, there was Filth the Terrible who yeah. put a nail through his head. The, the blockhead. The, the, yeah. The only
1: blockhead we have in the valley
0: yeah. that I've seen. He ate glass. I was like, "Do for an open mic. He ate glass. For real. Yeah, I was like, and he ate and swallowed glass. I have to say that <laughs> he didn't just chew glass; he swallowed it. And I like, I love. And he was he like, guys, you <laughs> know, I'm gonna be at Joe's Crab Shack on Friday, and I'm like, dude, your throat's getting, you know, grated like a you swallowed a cheese grater. Um, for an open mic, I was like, fuck, that is, that's like, you know, next passion. level passion.
1: He knows, he knows what he's doing, and I, I, I love that he keeps. Uh, it's serious with the acts, but then he keeps that silliness when he says, like, oh, it's not going to hurt as much
0: as when it comes out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I forgot he said that, dude. Uh it's so crazy. But there was this one act. Check him out, guys. I can't F- remember F- his feels name. Feels terrible. And I feel terrible. Um, I think his name was, like, I'm going to ruin it, but it was, like, M- Marco Alejandro Like, something, like, real thick Mexican. Uh And he had this entourage that followed him and recorded him. Like, he had, like, four people. And when he, after he did his set, he was like, thank you. And his crew, like, got all his stuff. And, like, he had, like, an entourage. Like, he was, like, even though he was one dude, he had, like, people that, like, got his stuff and took him. And he played, like, Santana-y sort of, like, sad, sad guitar. Like, he was making the guitar weep. Like, wailing. I was like... Okay. That's and I cool. was like, ow, oh, ow, oh, ow. Oh. And then I recorded it, and I, I've been wanting to put it out there online, but it wasn't like cinematic. And I don't want him to feel like I look like shit. But it's like, no, dude, it's because I didn't know I should have went in close or something. So I, I, it's not good enough to put out there, but uh, I went up to him immediately after the show, and I was like, I really felt the loss is all I told him. And he was like, thank you. Thank like you. He, he knew like, shit, I put the loss out there, and you felt it. And that was a beautiful connection. Those are the
1: best compliments. I'll say that for as in, from a musician's really? thing, yeah, from a musician's point of view, you coming up to us and saying like, "I felt this." That's way better than, "Hey man, you were great." I la-. no, when you tell us what you felt, it's like, yeah. "All right," I, like that's emotional connection. That's what yeah. I was looking for. Thank you for listening. Oh, cool. And that really like uh, puts us in perspective. You know,
0: and and I'm glad that you mentioned that because the first time I saw you, I didn't know what to expect. I saw like you brought out all, all the gear. The, what what is that what do you call that uh
1: the the you, had a, box? you had a whole suitcase oh yeah i, I carry a, a briefcase and i have my line six steel four. it's actually pretty old it's 17 years old it came out in 1999 um, but what, the reason i love it was because i saw uh, master looper reggie watts reginald watts i saw him using it and uh, i looked up interviews as to why he chose to use that box in particular and he said he liked it because it's extremely tweakable. And mm-hmm. so I, pur- I purchased one, and I, I, I definitely see what he's talking about now. Reggie, I, I love your choice of equipment if you if you've somehow listen to this in the future. Um, but yeah, it's the ability to tweak your voice in real time. Like other loopers, uh, they, they don't have that. I don't know why they, they it just went out of date, but these, the newer loopers have like multiple tracks. So you can have five tracks mm-hmm. and loop on top of each other. Mm-hmm. I can only have one track. So it's challenging. It's like I have to create different atmospheres with only one track. So it's challenging for me and it kind of But it's
0: good because if you master the one track, once you get to 5, you're going to fucking yeah, kill it. Yeah, yeah,
1: I don't want to go into 5 track yet. And by the way, there is another looper here in the valley. Her name is Sarita Cobos. I, oh, I don't wow. know if you saw her. She performed. I've yet to see her. Oh, man. Really? Sarita Cobos She's she's a she's another looper here and uh, she she's she uses an R five hundred so she has five track loopers
0: uh, she can mess with those those ambient sounds. The first time I saw you, you were it was a Luis Cantu, and Ray Bettis was like this guy he's like I've never seen anything like this like you're gonna love it. and I was like okay well then let me just start recording right because you never know and uh, my only intent behind that uh, of filming people's stuff is. It deserves to be like immortalized. I can't. I mean, I just feel like I have this power to capture something that could live outside of us. Yeah, that like, you have to use that.
1: And that's really what you know. I I, I admire that you you in, you uh, increase your services. You added flashback. Yeah. Uh, before it was just the outer heaven, but mm-hmm. with flashback, like that gives even people it gives them more opportunity for mm-hmm.
0: events like like yeah, and, and all that. Yeah. And, and you're right. And also people normies. Like, normal yeah, people, yeah, yeah. not exactly. just not artists. Not just artists, that's yeah. right, yeah. And so, I mean, and now, people's stuff is immortalized, you know, uh, and I think that's really cool. And it's good for people, because now you know, now they see me at Yere Bidea and they're like, fuck, Knives is here, like, I have to do something new. Especially
1: the comedian scene, yeah. like, whenever they see, because, uh, you know, they're writers, yeah. and so when when their content is captured they kind of feel like oh man like now that's out there you can't be so precious about But that, i'll say though. this mm-hmm. i'll say this to the comedians um it whenever your art is captured like you're like like knives just said you're immortal now like that joke's immortal and it's it's yours mm-hmm. so see it that way and see it that it's it's it forces you to create new content so mm-hmm. if you're into the <laughs> industry you're, there's going to be cameras mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah knives is giving you that variable so yeah
0: and i'm just one of many other people i mean um uh my quality might be all right. That's the only difference. That's other than like Instagram or whatever. It's, you know, anybody can film something on the phone now. Um, But when I saw you, I was like, let me film this guy. And uh, you did three songs. And I, I, there was like a, you know, what I appreciated about it the most was there was nothing contrived about it. Even though there is, you're playing with artifice, (laughs) you're playing with. Um, expectations and like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like kind of like almost musical tropes, you know? So we're, you're playing with the familiar, but in, in, a, in a new way, in a new way. So I like that, everybody knew like, everybody had like these little anchors of like, oh, this sounds like this, this sounds like this, this sounds like this, but it was new and it wasn't contrived. And so I felt like, whoa, this is happening right now. This is a new thing happening right now. <laughs> this is the spider spinning a web right now. Like the, of, this, is, this is the only web of its kind, is what it felt like. And uh, I call it a holy moment. And uh, I mean I didn't coin that term, but it just felt like when something is being authentic and true to itself, and it demands you to recognize its presence, and you have to reckon with you know your own, your your own attention and what's happening right here I mean uh, that doesn't happen often, uh, especially at, at, at open mics, but also yeah. in my life i've maybe I haven't felt that way since two thousand eleven when I saw. Uh, this band called Landlocked Pirates for the first time, and it was like watching Nirvana for wow. the first time. I was like, "Whoa!" Like this is must what it would have felt like to watch Kurt Cobain in '89. And then I didn't get that feeling again until five years later or whatever with you. And I was like, "This, uh, I'm in the presence of a of a star right now, and and I'm and I'm watching the origin story. And you hear this, st- and I know, like, I'm sucking your dick right now, and I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to do that. But that just rarely happens."
1: Hey, and I, I it's one that. thing to
0: it's one thing to know that it's out there, and for me and my timeline to be present for that, uh, I, I was it, it was an honor to see that happen. I'll say, it, I'll it doesn't say, happen often.
1: Thank you, I appreciate that, and I love the analogy used about spinning a web because when the spider is spinning the web, it actually doesn't know when it's going to stop until it reaches the middle. It just keeps going. Uh, it's hmm. some, uh, something I saw on Discovery Channel. I digress, though. What I was going to say is, um, I'll, I'll say here in this podcast that. I consider myself a comedic performer, and I would fall under the category of uh, disinformationist, mm. which is a genre that Reginald Watts uh, started. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd love to be part of that because the the uh, I feel like the reason that that performance intrigues people mm-hmm. is because I I instead of going with punchline, you know, uh, you know, premise. I'm sorry premise and then you know getting those funny to jabs and then going ending with the punchline I, I swirl it mm-hmm. uh, I mix it around I, I uh, change conversation in the middle of a conversation and that is rooted from Reginald Watts mm-hmm. the performances because when I watch uh, artists like that it confuses me and I don't know what to expect like you said like all of a sudden I stop thinking about what's going on and I just start listening so I I, I wanted to find a way how can I how can I cause that yeah. you know how can I how can I entice that to happen
0: but it causes you to pull from the elements of any of that given time is that time
1: that uh, we improvised uh, I say we it's weird when I improvised Bernie Sanders is that, was that the time or was that the second time that you were there
0: oh good question that, um, that was the Bernie. first time that, that was the I think the second thing you did and uh, you did like three, three tracks kind of yeah. And that was a second. part I pulled part of that, that
1: from the audience because someone had someone had mentioned yeah. it. Yeah. And so
0: I was like, oh, that's
1: interesting. Let's try that. Yeah. Stuff you know that that is so raw. Is that what you meant? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like
0: I I have to. Because you're like somebody give me a word and somebody was like penis and you're like and you just started you just made something out of the word penis, <laughs> you know like whatever it was and I was like, that's what I mean by it wasn't contrived. You know it's not like you have plants in the audience and and you're like. Feed me this word, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, it's, um, and on my side, it's and that's it, risky because yeah, that, that there's you're setting yourself you can, up to fail. You
1: can have that asshole is as like anti-establishmentarianism, you know. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, buddy, you know. Right. But no, but the audience knows, you know. They yeah. kind of know subconsciously. Like if I give them an easy word, it's gonna be it's gonna be nice art. If I give them art. but you're right. Um, it's it's it, it is, it is in the moment, and I feel like that's why I love improv music. i I, i'm gonna say i i I love that you can see that and you can Mm -hmm. appreciate that in artists Mm -hmm. um the the reason that improv art is very sacred to me is because when i do contemporary music you know when i'm rapping like sometimes i feel you know when i'm saying a verse i already know what's going to happen there's no there's no surprise for me so it's Mm -hmm. it's in a way it's boring Uh, I, i have to put emotion in it or the audience doesn't feel it but I'm in the background like da 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 like I already know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. With improv music, I get to amaze the audience at the same time, I'm amazing myself because I'm like, I'm making this up. like I'm making it up on the spot. I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so it keeps me on my toes. It's like, what am I going to do next? What am I going to do?:
0: That's and- my favorite place to be as an artist. Uh, the only way I can relate to that is in, in writing. You know, if I'm writing something, and let's say I'm writing a conversation with two people at a coffee shop and i know person's bill and john and i and i they just start talking and now i'm writing and i'm chasing their conversation but i don't know where it's going that's the only thing i can kind of relate to to that and it's kind of not as cool as what you do and so i can see you be like i call it a state of unconsciousness it's like yeah. it's like basketball players they're playing basketball and they don't even know what their next what their fifth step is going to be they just know it's going to be there yeah. you know what i mean and, and and like you look at basketball it's like how does it's like a flock of birds like how does it how is the poetry in this formation? Yeah, how does it organize itself? Yeah, and I see that you do that. You, you, set, you kind of put yourself on the platform where there's like, I could fail, but I'll make something out of that. I'm yeah. going to like <laughs> voom, like, like an alchemist, like bring that back <laughs> and be like, bring and you see, it was all part of the plan, you know? Um, and I like that you did that. And there was a sense of um, command, you know, uh, when I saw you go out there. and You're 24 years old. 23. 23. Fuck. Um, you know, you, you have so much more to offer and you're going to explore and you're going to turn into like nine different things by the time, like you're 30, you know, but um, you know, when I saw you for the first time, I was like, w- where has this guy been and how long, like I wanted to know everything and here we are now, but I wanted to know like, how did he get here? How he- hard was it? Where is he going? It was- is he a Valley native? What if he's not? <laughs> like, what if he's some prick that came from LA to just come over here <laughs> And, and, like, take all of our energy and then go back and feel good about himself.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll revert this. I'll say that um, I, I was pretty tired of hearing the Valley sucks. The Valley does not have talent. And so, I, uh, you know, me, I, I love the Internet. And I've always been online. And I, I even watched videos on yerbria before I performed there. You know, because I couldn't go. I didn't have a ride. I didn't have a car or whatever. But, uh, you know. When, when I found out that that venue opened, I'm like, you know, I've been a closet musician for so many years. And that it opened up a year ago, a couple of days ago. Yeah, that's our yeah. anniversary. When I found out about it, I, I said, I have to go try this. Because, um, you know, it was a road where different people inspired me. My 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 grandfather inspired me to play guitar, and I started with that. Uh, Razell, a beatboxer, inspired me to beatbox. Uh, Reggie Watts inspired me to improvise.
0: And, uh, tell me about the first moment you saw Reginald Watts and you were like, fuck. L- let me tell you my first time. Because it was, I- I'll throw a year out there. It was I, back then when I would watch television. I think he's in- and I saw him do a music video that was, uh, fuck shit, fuck shit, fuck shit, fuck shit. Yeah. And I was like, this guy is hilarious, but also there is a musical mastery to what yes. he's doing that I appreciated. And so you know that he's not full of shit, even he's though he's, even though he's talking about scatological humor as they he, say he's oh man. so that was my first time I saw that music video and he's like what did he say he's like uh, uh i'm an imperialist i'm an imperialist or oh, that whole thing yeah i'm a materialist yeah i'm an imperialist <laughs> yeah that whole thing and i was like this Why guy's
1: this the motherfucker oh,
0: uh, the fuck shit stack that I, whole thing I, the first yeah. time
1: I showed that video to someone they thought he was being serious and I
0: had to explain to them he's, okay. he's, par- he's now, it's a parody the, okay I'm, I, I want to get into the moment you're like oh my god come to Jesus moment with, with Reggie Watson let me just say uh, you know you're talking that you love like the humor side of this the musical humor it's alt comedy right it's yeah, alternative it's, comedy yeah. and the best part about it is it's an inside joke Right. Like and there's, people, there's people that you. are outside the bubble
1: like, and, and it
0: is kind of at their expense. That's what makes it work. That's what makes all comedy work uh-huh. is a juxtaposition. It right? has to be. Is yeah. a contrast. So those people like the smaller the bubble, the kind of funnier potentially the all comedy can be. Yes. And most people aren't going to get that. And that's what makes it fun. You don't want to explain. You don't want to tell people about the strings. You are the puppet. And if people get it, great. They get it. They're a part of the inside joke. They're a part of the – they're inside the bubble. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that person that you showed Reggie Watts to, they didn't get it. They didn't get it. And man. they were outside the bubble. But yeah. that's
1: kind of – That's why it's funny. That's and, he, why and,
0: and he's also putting his work out there to those people that don't get it. Yeah. And ah. subverting that. And he's like, yeah, I'm one of those rappers that are like smacking women <laughs> in the fat asses. and And people think like, oh, he's objectifying women. And it's like – that's He's making parody. fun of the people that it's do that. It's a parody.
1: I'll say this. The first video I watched where Reggie Watts performed was actually a TED Talk. It was this TED Talk where uh, he I know make, that one very well. Yes. He makes fun of the way that uh, the people at TED Talks talk and... Uh, uh, you know, he, he makes he makes that accent with Alan Watts and he just starts going on random consciousness. But what it immediately intrigued me is that he began talking in a different language. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he goes into France and then he goes into German and he finally goes into English. That to me is a perfect. It's like he's like the epitome of Reddit. When you read hmm. comments on a webpage, it does look like that. Like people have different dialects and different... So when it immediately intrigued me, I was, I was like, okay, this guy, this guy is definitely an internet nerd. And I started listening, and what, what intrigued me was similar to how you felt in my performance. I didn't know what to expect. Most videos, when you click on a video, you know how it's going to end. By the first 10 seconds, you know where it's going, what the topic is. With Reginald Watts, you can't. You just No matter how much you try, you don't know where it's going to end up. And but I've, you
0: but you know there's a trust where you're in good hands.
1: Yes, because because he's he's he has his years in music. He's classically trained. He he studied and uh he studied jazz for 2 years. Um you know, he beatboxed for several years and um, he's a multicultural person. Yeah, he uh his his I believe his parent he had two different uh, uh his dad was from Germany and his mom was from France or backwards, I don't know if I have it mixed up, but he's definitely he says that one of his advantages was that he had an objective view of culture because he moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. So he got to see and listen to different languages, and that's what you see in his art. And I feel like he's a master of absurdity. Mm-hmm. He's so absurd that uh, and his absurdity jokes, is fun. Yeah. It's fun. His jokes are, are body language. His, his jokes are mannerisms, uh, tone of voice. He makes fun of all that.
0: And it feels like, uh, oh, yeah, I'm just thinking about this right now, and I kind of relate to this in a way... Um, I kind of feel like he... Okay, did you ever see Men in Black? Yeah. You know that alien that exists inside that dude's face? And he's like... The galaxy belongs to <laughs> yeah. I kind of feel like Reggie Watts is like this alien inside the body that he inhabits. I was gonna say like that. Like he, he doesn't belong in that body. Like he's kind of something bigger than his body. Yeah. Because he plays with it like it's a Trojan horse. For real. He honest
1: I, I was gonna say when you asked me the question, what did you think the first time I saw Reggie Watts? I thought he was out of this world. I'm like, this is not a human being. This is uh, for this real. Is the, I, it's like we're talking about David Bowie here. That's just how out there he was. Uh, he seemed like a deity to me. Because there's moments where you're watching his videos and he kind of knows what you're thinking.
0: Did you see Reggie for the first time sober? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. But I'll say this. There might be some residual when, sort yeah, of thing going on. Yeah, there. Yeah,
1: when, when, when I watch when I watch uh, him sober, I feel high. But when I'm high mm-hmm. and I watch him, I feel higher. So that's that's the thing. Like It really does feel like that. It's a psychedelic experience. Um, I'm highly influenced by him. I was going to say this. There's a moment... Yeah, where I was watching the video and uh he kind of influenced my thoughts in a way mm. and I asked myself a question he answered it and that to me shows that he knows how to prime our brains he knows how to prime expectations okay. what do you
0: mean by prime our brains
1: like there's I forgot what video it was but I I know the verse um it really hit me it hit home he says at that point I was very depressed but momentarily you know we we go into those dips and I was watching that video and i was thinking about time and he's doing you know how he like he almost like morphs like a chameleon into different things mm-hmm. to different people it almost feels like he like you said he plays with his body like it's a children's horse well as he was it was he was he was transforming in, in between these these chameleon like states of mind he looks straight at the camera and he, and he says I know it feels like we're here right now, but we're really, really not. We're somewhere in the future controlling the options, giving lots of hints to ourselves. That That took me on a trip. I was like, this guy knows something. I want to follow him. I want to meet him. And that's where, that moment I said, this guy's my dad. Yeah. Like, he, he's someone that I could
0: follow. You're, you're one of the first people that I've met that... I talked about it in the first episode of this podcast, uh, where it kind of... It's like an orientation of, like, what my brain's really about. And, you know, I was saying, like, you know, Marilyn Manson was my dad. Like, he raised me and gave me more than, like, a father. A man in a boy's life is so important. Yeah. One shape or another. Yeah. And you just saying that really outside of my own influence, like, I didn't pervert... Oh, yeah,
1: I remember that. Yeah, yeah I did The first
0: time we talked. Yeah, I didn't, like, inject that... Uh, term or meme into you you were just like that guy's like my dad and i was like i know you know what all too about, well right? where you're coming from
1: well he's raising me i don't I, I mean i lost my father when i was seven years old i'm sorry to hear that it's all right i, I, didn't, I, I didn't know that I've man growing out of that wow but um ever since then like i've looked online for for a father like sure figure and yeah. i I found one uh, when I was watching wrestling. Actually, Shawn Michaels. I loved the way that he talked about spirituality and God, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and he was a fellow that I followed for a while. Oh, cool. And that's what got me into it. That's Shawn. why I relate to you a lot because I know you have that with CM Punk.
0: Yeah, I mean, drug free. I got a. I know he has a Pepsi logo. Oh, this thing's like burn out because of my skin, but yeah. Uh, uh, th- I showed Luis my Sprite tattoo of like <laughs> of like the the soda product Sprite. Uh, because it was a sign of solidarity from CM Punk. You know, he had a Pepsi tattoo that said "I don't drink." I don't drink. Yeah. It's funny. I was I was at Mac Night the other day, and uh, this comedian, really talented dude, um, wanted to buy me a drink. People always want to buy me drinks, and I'm like, I don't drink. I, I feel like <laughs> such a bummer, you know. And they're like, it's like I just blueballed somebody, but I, I don't drink. But anyways, uh, that that feeling that you that you got with Shawn Michaels, I can totally relate to that because it's someone that's like, here's this guy that has gone through shit. Yeah. That has gone through demons, um, but has some sort of faith or something. Um, there's a passion there and there's triumph at the end and that is definitely something to you know um, that's something to admire at the very yeah. least
1: and you know that's before I got into music I was really big into my family my uh, my aunt's side of the family we were really big into into SummerSlam and to mm-hmm. World you know, WrestleMania and mm-hmm, all that. Mm-hmm. Um and we watched it together and Shawn Michaels was that was that per- every time I heard his switching music mm-hmm. you know, I just mm-hmm. I get super happy, oh he's gonna win the match. Win. But I was gonna say, like I knew it was Fake. I mean, sure. Movies are fake. Right. Books, we we, books know the, fake, we know the we know the Muppets aren't real. Yeah. But
0: like, it's also fun to be like that. It's it Yeah. Gets. And
1: it's when when you uh, when you're watching wrestling, I was you know we were talking earlier in the car. It's like it's like you're watching a, a an act three hundred and sixty degrees. Yes. And you have professional That's actors. Exactly what it's like. You have a director. You have people on microphone. You know, it's legit and uh, it's one of its kind. You know, I don't think I don't think it's ever gonna die. It, there's just too much. There's so much um, growth in it. and um, yeah. it's, one, it's one of the first art forms, really. It's yeah. theater. Yeah, it was one of the first art forms ever. Yeah. So it's, you know, Sean, Sean, I was going to say, you know, just tie it, to tie it back, Shawn Michaels was one of my first dads that I found and I clinged on to. And once I learned what he could teach me, then I moved down, and you know, I'm like, "Where's?"
0: Where but it'll do, always be a dad.
1: Yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. like it's the same like in life and consciousness. You get these these deities or these energies that guide you, mm-hmm. and they they're not they're not uh, confined to a vessel. Right. They move around, and so you have to be aware and follow them. And I feel like right now, my my guidance is in Reggie Watts.
0: Right, but it's all. I think we had this conversation. We kind of had this conversation the first time we met when I went up to you at the bar, and I was like, here's my card, wait, but before I even blah, 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 <laughs> I love your work, and I think we talked about this, um, otherwise it's like deja vu or something, but yeah. um, gosh, what was that thing that you just said right now? Oh yeah, the, vers- the vessels, I kind of feel, I have this theory, um, and it's so cool that this kind of came up organically, so, and maybe this is like a male thing, like being the best of all time right. or this is the greatest thing of all time. Like, yeah. I don't think that's a feminine trait. Like, I don't think that's a feminine perspective. I think it's a male thing of like champion, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like ultimate alpha male we were
1: hunters. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so with that aside, I'm going to alienate the women for a second, but um, I had this feeling of, you know, people ask me, what's the greatest movie of all time? And I'm like, you know, there is no one greatest movie of all time, but I can name, and cites a hundred films where, in a moment, it's being scene, yeah. It, yeah yeah it's being the greatest movie of all time, and so that's what makes it the greatest movie of all time. But it's in a moment, and I can literally pause a movie and be like, right there, everything that's going on and all the stuff in front of the camera and behind it, it's being the best movie of all time. And I and I take that a step further, and I say, it's if you look at uh, whatever makes something the best, if you look at it as a as a fabric. And some sort of object. Yeah. Do we have this conversation? Yeah, please. If, can, so can. if it's a if it's a scroll, mm-hmm. if it's like a fabric, you know, and and um, there's a tapestry about it. I feel like when something's being the best thing of all time, it is a part of the fabric, and it's all part of the same fabric. Yeah. Yeah. So if if um so take that kind of oneness with okay, this guy's my dad, and now this guy's my dad but it's part of the same fabric. So, you know, we kind of said this uh, as well with Reggie, bear with me here, Um, you know, his vessel, like his soul that is kind of like, just that kind of light um, goes from vessel to vessel to vessel. It's all part of one. It's one light. It comes from one source. Yes. And it's a beautiful thing. And it doesn't belong anywhere to anybody. And sometimes it's just taken the shape of whatever thing is bouncing off of it in that moment. We lost everybody here on this podcast. People are like, "Uh, I tuned out here at this point. (laughs) But I mean, what I'm trying to say is everything's kind of one. Everything really is. It it comes from the same source, whatever that is. But the distinction and the power comes from recognizing a distinction and saying, this is special right now. Because of this layer, because of this uh, coat of primer, this paint, the oils, the, like, the textures like is what it makes it interesting, yeah. but underneath it is something I'm very familiar with, you know, and that yeah. is, that b- brings us together, man.
1: Yeah, when a moment breaks that fourth wall yes. and connects you no matter what where you are at, yeah, it does feel like it's no longer humans interacting. I'll, I'll say this, it's a, I have an analogy that I, that I live by and... Uh, Nikola Tesla, he, I think he added, he, added, he he knew things. Um, he said that the brain is like a receptor, like, a, like an antenna. Oh, wow. And, and there is a one source that you can tune into and everyone can tune into, and it's up to you to tune that frequency. Yes. He said a lot of people, Nikola Tesla would say, a lot of us choose to have low frequency, and that's okay. We need that too in order to, to coexist. But he said those of you that tune into the higher frequencies can pick up certain frequencies certain radiation from that source and create things for those that are lower and um, that actually explains a lot but i'll say this i'll say this the the way that i like to see it is you know how our brain is composed of neurons Mm -hmm. now let's in a hypothetical situation let's say those neurons have personalities and they have goals and emotions
0: well just how because in these neurons and genes and in the microcosms of the world, it contains information. Yes. Go on. And we can't, we can't say that they, that
1: they don't live a subjective reality. We don't have proof of that. But if we can, if we can write on that, uh, on that idea that these neurons uh, have their own lives and all that, uh, you can relate the brain to how our planet is working. Each person is like a neuron, and when we connect, you know, we call it networking because it is. But when we connect, we uh, we form stronger uh, ideas as a society. So I see what you mean about the fabric. That fabric is when when neurons connect in a way where where we get a, a, a aha moment, a eureka moment. A, a realization when when we feel that together as people, like those actors behind that scene, that director behind that's influencing mm-hmm. the, the the cinematographers mm-hmm. that are capturing the microphone technician, the sound engineers. Mm-hmm. When all those people are working together, with those those neurons, mm-hmm. then we form a, a new idea, and mm-hmm. with that new idea, like it causes more synapses in our society. And yeah, it, it, I kinda, I kind of I'd like to see the planet functioning like a massive brain, like a massive. Uh, per, uh, it could be a uh, an organic.
0: A hundred percent, you know, and it's challenging because you creature. know, um, since each person on the planet, if if the if the Earth is the gray matter of like a brain, uh-huh. if the Earth is, and people are these neural networks, uh-huh. um, the thing that is like ah uh, that t- takes it into another dimension is like each person is has an ego, yeah, that doesn't even that that can't think. For a bigger picture, mm-hmm. that is only self-serving, mm-hmm. and so it's hard for it to be kind of get to a place of yeah. uh, transcendence. We kind of have a
1: mental illness as a planet, yeah. and and yeah, you're you're right on there. It's, we uh, have to. You me in the heart. We have to evolve past that. If we want wars to go away, if we want hunger and famine, all that stuff to go away, we can't live in mental illness. We have to get on the same page and realize, hey, maybe maybe my ego is meant to, to help me in other ways. like. And it's at this point like where
0: the, if you said this on um, Fox News, you'd be assassinated.
1: And I'd be muted, actually. I'd yeah. be, as soon as I started talking about it, I would be muted. Oh, we'll be right back with that. Uh, it seems to have some technical issues. And why? Because the the people that are in place already, the people that are already there, they know that if, if uh, our planet massively... If if the if the consciousness of our planet evolves, then their profiteering systems might not survive. That's right. They don't like that. That's right. They want a world where they can. Here here's the thing, knives. I really bothers me. I'm glad that this came out organically as well. The thing that bothers me the most of of this society is that. Um, We've we've done. and this is
0: important because you're an artist, and in a way, this this is kind of fuels our work. This is an engine for yeah, what we do. This is where look at where, look at the Malcolm X's, the Bruce Lees, the John Lennons. I mean, this fueled their work as well. Yeah, I, it's I, a humanitarian I, sort of quality to what we do. I mean, not to suck our own dicks. This isn't about. Like, wow, let's reward ourselves. We're so smug right now. <laughs> I'm going to fart into a can and smell it. It smells so good. But I mean, this is important. This is the yeah. real shit. This is, this is, is what matters. This is where, and also, like, in a world where I have personally accepted, and I'm sorry for interrupting, please hold on it, to go that thought, it. but in a world where I've accepted that Trump is going to be president, I've accepted it. Yeah, me too. Because he is Godzilla, and we have shot nukes at this guy, and nothing affects him. You know, satire has not brought him down. Like, it, nothing is. So I can see this guy coming president and doing like, you know, two years and being like, man, I don't want to do this anymore, and then kind of split he's gonna
1: see that it's real and it's like i don't want this
0: and and like, he's not man. gonna be able to do it and it's whatever but i've accepted like we live in that timeline you know in communities. It's a show. representation of us we, we live in the darkest timeline yeah. unfortunately if you look in history dude somebody's president was saddam hussein like some you know what i mean this isn't like that's <laughs> we live in that world believe. yeah, yeah like, we live in a world where sometimes dude i i went Hitler, through you know? i went through in my life i went through bush bush clinton clinton Bush, Bush, Obama, Uh, you know what I mean? Like I went through so much like regurgitation and crap, like it was whatever order that was. But I mean, like, I I totally see the timeline where we we do get Trump. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is what you're about to say is important and it's relevant to this podcast.
1: Yeah. um, What really bothers me about the society, unfortunately, is that we've disillusioned ourselves uh, to the beauty of of what it is to be aware. And, 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 somehow these men these salesmen have copied the way that influencers speak and they've they've robbed that from us and they sold they sell it back to us as luxury the the ability to be aware of ourselves because the reason that we can't be aware all the time is because of economic uh you know struggle and
0: and all that what they've done is they've taken that sense of enlightenment they've taken that sense of of the exuberance of of being um of, 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 of unity, the exuberance of wow, this is important. And, they've, yeah. and they've, they've put it on, they've associated it across the world to Coca Cola. Yeah. So now it's, it's like, brands. Now that has what it's come down to. <laughs> and I say Coca Cola because it's the number one company on the planet, the planet yeah. that spends hundreds of billions of dollars on advertising. And the way they advertise is based on decadence. It's like look at Taylor Swift. She represents white America. She represents innocent America. She represents decadence and teen and youth. And then once her fucking ticket expires, there's going to be another Another, one and another one and another one. And Coca Cola gets to take, you know, you know, like Michael Jackson, a guy that like fucking mattered, like a guy that was a black face on television at a time where music, you know, didn't have a face, and it was a black face. And Pepsi got all over that and was like. Now he represents Pepsi. Yeah, you know what I mean, and that fucking hurts. Yeah, you know. Um, so there is a perversion in in something that is supposed to be sweet and it's supposed to be preserved and it's supposed to be protected, and uh, they they take it and they run with it and they they kind of smear shit on the walls with it and they call it and they say, but an artist was behind that, you know, and they hurt us in the process, and it and it hurts a whole new generation that's coming up. You know what I mean? And it's like. Fuck, and it's perverted them, and that's all they've ever known, you know what I mean? And, uh, damn, it's really damaging, and I think we've seen it in the past 50 years especially. It fucked the world up, you know what I mean? Real quick, um, you know, in the 60s, when it was peace, love, man, you know what I mean? Um, People were doing drugs, people were having sex, uh, feminist revolution was happening, um, people were fighting for the rights, Vietnam, Nixon, Kennedy, all that stuff... And, you know, the media was like, shit's crazy. Like we have to do something. And then Charles Manson, you know, um, a singer and artist. Charles Manson. Charles Manson, an artist, um, gets these people to kill Hollywood, right? And then they use Charles Manson, who never technically did anything wrong, technically. I mean, you can say conspiracy or whatever, but um, I'm not saying Charles Manson is innocent, but you know what I mean. I and and, this, and they use this guy as a poster child to kill the momentum of the 60s. I'm not saying anything new here. but And they've done it ever since. And they take something that was pure and good and could have been different and new and could have been a tangent that could have yielded a positive result that could have. And they killed it and they neutered it. And they said, hey, LSD creates the Manson family. And they killed something. Um, and it was dead after that you know and that's sad we lost something and it's happening again today and people tweet about it instead
1: i feel like it was a crime to 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 blame that situation on charles manson because he sold an idea he sold a he he would he would talk about evolution of consciousness those people chose to do what they did because they're influenced by the violence that they see and at that time the government and the media was you know propagandizing the the whole war and all that and i feel like that's that wasn't charles manson's fault but i see what you're talking about he was a he was a connoisseur of consciousness and he was trying to evolve people to think a certain way like if you see any of the interviews which i'm sure you have the way he speaks is 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 I, i feel it's on a higher frequency he mm-hmm. plays with the words that he's saying and he's poetic in the way he speaks. And I feel, uh, honestly, I feel people at the top were afraid of him because he could influence people in such a way that uh, if he wanted to, he could say, like, let's overthrow the government and millions of people would, would follow him. True. But he didn't choose to say that. Yeah. Instead, he chose to be a gentleman. And, and man, like, I send positive vibes to him. I, I've sent him a letter, uh, mm-hmm. believe it or not. No, oh, I believe it. Yeah, and, and he reads all that stuff and... No, he hasn't replied. But I'm I know that somewhere in there he he read what I told him, and I, and I hope he understands that he uh,
0: he's in a situation that he shouldn't be in. Uh, I'm here to say, um, there's people who oh, that control the conversation in our country who have committed way more cuts. way more heinous in acts and have gotten away with it because they can they can pay to get away with it. Yeah,
1: Charles Manson didn't have the money to get with, get away with it, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, man. Like, if we go back to the idea that our that our planet functions like an organism, then uh, then the faster we, we when we can see that, we'll start to see that that uh, we're in danger. You know, with the pollution and all that. The the neurons, um, the, the 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 environment, the biosphere within within that within that uh, idea, is in danger because of our actions. And we vote by the things we purchase. We vote by the way we behave around others. So we can, we can, like, I want to say, like, we're, Knives and I are not talking shit about, uh, about... uh, Corporate uh, America. Yeah, it's us. It's society. And I'm part Mm -hmm. of, I'm a participant Mm -hmm. of society. Mm -hmm. And when I, when we say they, we actually mean us, you know, because um, we influence everyone else around us. So all we have to really do is let's, let's, let's stop saying my God is bigger than your God and... And my religion's better than yours let's find a common ground where we can say this is real let's base our reality off of something that we
0: can all agree on let's build isis a church yeah. and say that is your church <laughs> and it's beautiful and we got we got our best people to do that for you you're welcome and we're not asking for anything in return right if we you know we gave isis a Church to do their stuff, you know, and you let us do our stuff in our institution. What would happen? I don't know. What would happen?
1: Right. What would happen?
0: Why do we have to uh,
1: act so violently?
0: Why do we have to drop on bombs on on families yeah. and kill kids because we think ISIS is there? I, f-
1: I feel like, you know how there's different types of archetypes with humans? Uh, you can relate that with the different cells that we have in the body. So you have some blood cells. You have some 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 white blood cells. Those the the white blood cells they're they're there to destroy things that threaten the body. Mm-hmm. So when a new idea comes out in a, in, a, in our collectiveness, some of these people feel like they need to attack it. I feel like. Mm-hmm people like ISIS, they're like white blood cells. and They don't mean to behave the way that they do. It's just we were conditioned to behave like that. But if we, we go out there and say, hey, man, you're, you're like a cell and you're part of something bigger and you right. show them a bigger picture, perhaps they can become aware of what they are and sure. then attack the correct things, attack oppression, attack negativity. and, and even, I mean, I, even with negativity, it can be acceptable
0: sometimes. Like all
1: the criticism that I've received that has made me better, it was negative. Never have I gotten better. Like what? Someone's... And and
0: and same for me. Yeah. I have people that have torn down something that I put a hundred hours yeah. in and and, it, it, and and they're like this. Here's why this doesn't work. And it was inherently flawed, which is because I'm inherently flawed because yeah. it represented me. And I put a piece of my soul like a horcrux into that thing. And then I took it personal because I was like, ouch, you're saying I'm shit. And I was like, wait a second. But I can fix that and make it better. Yeah. Thank you. This guy's trying to help you. This guy's also. trying to help me.
1: You can tell when someone's trying to help you or hurt you, you know? And when someone's trying to help you they they're very careful about it they're like, uh, here's what I here's here they kind of like you know when someone really doesn't want to help you they they lie to you they tell you they tell you, oh no dude, it's great, you're doing good mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. perfect what even has, though they, what
0: has somebody said to you about your art um and who were they, and how did it affect you
1: uh it's very personal, but it was my stepdad uh we still have time here, no, we're good. Um, we're gonna stay here until they kick us out. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> um, my stepfather, uh, the 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 most recent one I have, he came up to me one day when I was practicing guitar.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Oh, we got the All we right. got the go home All call. Right. But uh, I mean, go ahead, please, your All stepfather. Um, I
1: was practicing guitar and I was I was practicing a rap, and yeah, he was I guess he was just having a bad day. He comes up to me and he tells me. He tells me, you're never going to make it in the music industry. And I'm like, why do you Why do you tell me that? And he's like, because you keep practicing, you keep practicing here, but you never go out there. He's like, out there is where people will criticize you, where you will get better. You can't get better if you're just in the, in the closet, you know, performing for yourself. And I kind of took that really, and it hurt my ego. I was like, this guy just told me I'm not going to make it. But he he woke me to a certain part of me, and that's why I started going out open mics because I said, okay, well that's one person's idea. Let me hear the world.
0: And yeah, that, that girl's like giving me bad looks. Yeah. Um. Let me just say, I think when people say something like that, it, it comes from a positive intent. Yeah. That's and what and, I saw it as. and we really have to ask people, like you know, what is their intent behind this? And it, there almost always is a positive intent. We, if we choose to focus on if it that way, to
1: focus, if you step out of your ego,
0: Luis, I think that's the the, the most appropriate way to end this. Um, you know, I want to leave the door open uh, in the future to do more shows. That was great, uh, man. W- had... Where can people find you on the internet?
1: Where can they find me? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually on my Facebook, so uh, you can you can look me up, Luis Cantu. I mean, you can easily tell my profile. Um do you have Instagram? I have no, I I had Instagram. It was actually uh, deleted somehow. I feel like uh I broke a rule or something by okay. the the topics I was talking about. Sure. How to do with sure. consciousness and the governments. Mm-hmm. But um I, I have a Twitter. Okay. Uh, where where can people find you? L3C T U R E so just type in, you know, it's it's my my initials Luis Enrique Cantu but with the E backwards the 3 cool. L3C T U R E lecture. Cool. I just love to le- I I used to be a, a teacher, actually, for uh, Boys and Girls Club, for uh, substituting. So, yeah, um, you can find me on uh, Twitter, you can find me on Facebook, and I also have a YouTube channel called Lecture on the Mic, which I'm going to get active.
0: Awesome. uh, And, of course, guys, you can see them at Yerberia Yerberia Cultura, which is on 17th Street in McAllen, Monday Monday, night.
1: Monday night's 9 p.m. Be there, guys. It's a wonderful atmosphere there. It's very uh, conscious. Uh, quite a p- bit of people show up, sometimes 30, 40 people.
0: And I would say uh, every Monday night there's always gems of just like, where has this person been my Yeah, life?
1: and there's new people every once in a while. And thanks to tonight's work, it's getting out there. Uh, people are, are. The way that you capture these moments and immortalize them, it's, uh, it's helping the community. And I'm here. I don't know if people thank you, but I honestly. Uh, I, I thank you from the deepest five breaks in my heart. Uh, I, I'm willing to volunteer. Help you with your cause because you're gonna help out our community to have a voice again. The RGB voice. RG voice. <laughs> Thank it's you, been sir. a great time, It's great having Thank you. me. I'll see me. you
0: down the road. Thank you again, sir.